Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof Beis. Today's Shizli Lunishmas are Avtuvia ben Yaakov, Chaim ben Ruven Akoin, and Avram ben Yaakov. May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Um, today's Shir is for Fuh Shleim of Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam and Chanachai Kabas Baba Mechla. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so yesterday... Um, yeah, we're now going to go on to a new sukkah, which is quite an interesting one. It's discussing someone who stayed nearby, a relative who's, who was nearby, what we call a Mokom Korov. We're going to use that as it was in a day's journey. He stayed nearby and he arrives at the town or at his relatives and he realizes they're sitting in mourning. So does he join with them or does he count his own shiva? Remember, we learned that if someone hears about the death of a relative, again, when we speak about a relative, we mean a, a relative that someone is obligated to mourn for. So if someone hears about the death of a relative within 30 days, then they keep their own Shiva. But here's where he arrived in the middle of Shiva. Can he join with them, with the other mourners? So let's say he'll theoretically miss two days of Shiva and then have five days of Shiva with everyone. Or does he have to have his own days of Shiva? So Tonerabonin. Um up on an Ovel sorry, it's the sixth uh, fifth last line of Chof Alifam Base twenty one B. It says Tonarabonan Ovel Gimel Yomimarishoinim Bomimakum Korov Moinimahem. If a mourner arrives within three days, if he's from a Mokom Korov, he can count with them. He doesn't start his own shiver. He joins in with them on their shiver, and if they're on day one or day two, then it's already as if day one or day two or day three have already been. However, if he comes from far away, then he counts has to count his own shiver. But if he arrives past the third day, even if he comes from a close place, he has to count for himself. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, it doesn't, not only if he arrives by the third day from a close place, if he can count with them, but even if he arrives from a far place, uh, sorry, from a close place, but he arrives within the seventh day, he can count with them. So that's the halach, that's the basic halach of this teaching. Um, so we see the Tanakama holds to join in. We'll, we'll define the yeah. Let's define the terms. The first term we have to discuss is what's Mokom Korov. What's considered a close place? So that um, Tosfos here bring Divra Masil Mokom. It's the te- second last Tosfos says me Mokom Korov Perush Behilchos Gedolis. The Bahag explains Tahanu Yud Parsos Ten Parsos, which is basically a day's journey. That's uh, when Chazal remember they use measurement. They use uh, um, they, yeah, ten parsos would be a day's journey. Now, so therefore, that's with why. Why does that help? It seems that as long as he theoretically could be with them at the start of morning, he can be included with them. And the Tanakama have two requirement, two conditions to meet that requirement. A, he has to be within a day's journey, and B, he arrives within the first three days. Whereas Rabbi Shimon holds no. As long as he's within a day journey and he arrives during Shiva, he can count with them. So that's the um, 
What's it? Yeah. So that's the basic scenario we're discussing. Now, just a few points on this. Uh, just an interesting point. How do you define Mokom Korov? So I said that's a day's journey. What about nowadays? You can get just about anywhere in the world within a day's journey. So do we say it's a theoretically day jersey? I like Tosla says 10 parsos. Um, 10 parsos, I think, is about uh, um, around 40 kilometers. Do we say that's considered a day's journey and more than that is not? Or do we adjust it? So many poskim say you adjust it. So if you're traveling by train or by car, how far could you travel in a day? And maybe you can even include an airplane. How far would you travel within a day? Theoretically, I could you arrive at the base of Oval or at the morning or at the funeral within um, in time, whether it's by car, plane or aeroplane, uh, car, plane or train, however you're traveling, as long as you could arrive there, then it would count as Mokom Korov. So that's the, that's the halacha. Now, we're going to take it a step further. It says, says this, that you, this that we said, if he comes from a nearby place and he arrives within the three days, he can join them. He doesn't have to start his own shiva. He can join in wherever they are. So on day three, let's say, that is specifically where the godal of the house is in the house. Aye, so there's the, the primary family member in the house. What does it mean, godal bias? So obviously, there are a few. Some learn it's the old, oldest brother. If we assume they're mourning for their parents, it's the oldest brother. Some learn, no, it's the oldest relative who's in mourning. That's the godal shiva bias. And others say, which seems to be more the accepted aloha, is it's the, the member of the family who everyone looks up to or everyone relies on. That's the God of So if you have six brothers and they range from, I don't know, 20 to, six, to 40, and the 20-year-old is the one who supports everyone and he guards the family and he's the one they all turn to for direction, even though he's the youngest of the brothers, he would be the God of That seems to be the most... Um, the most accepted. But either way, what do we see? To join in with the morning, the Godel Shepherd Bias has to be there. If he's somewhere else, or if he's not there, or if there isn't a, a Godel Shepherd Bias, based on our definition, it could be a scenario where each brother is self-sufficient, and none of them really rely on the other one, then they would then there wouldn't be a Godel Shepherd Bias, then he can't join in with their morning. Now with that in mind, we now... That triggers the next question. And basically, if the godel arrives after the others have started, it would imply that if the godel arrives after the others have started, then he can't join with them. Okay? When can you join with the mourners? If someone comes from a nearby place within the first three days, they can join with the mourners when the godel is there. So if it's the godel arriving, the godel Shabbabais arriving, well, then he can't join with them because the Godel isn't there. So he would have to start his own Shiva. So let's say they're all on day two of Shiva. The burial was yesterday. They're all on day two. So they'll finish five days later, whereas the Godel would only be starting day one and he had finished two days after everyone else. That's basically what we're saying. So once he says that, he says, what happens? We're basically going to ask, what if the... Yeah, let, let's introduce a new concept. So he says, usually Shiva begins with the burial. But if the burial is out of town, it's got into another city, then, the, sorry, so yeah, the Shiva, the morning begins at the burial. 
However, if the burial is taking place in another city, then everyone's accompanying that person. So often, let's say um, someone wants to be buried in Eretz Israel. So those who accompany the mace, I guess, as far as they will, and then the relatives turn around and go back home, they start mourning when they turn around. I, they don't have to wait for the burial. They, they turn around and they, uh, um, and they start their mourning then. So the case we're going to go into is what happens if the God of Shebabayas, they all together, the whole family's together. It's not that he hasn't arrived and he, let's say, not aware of the mace and he's arriving late. He's there. But he's going to go with the mace to the city where they're burying him. He's going to accompany the mace to Eretz Israel. And everyone else is going to remain in Johannesburg with uh, and sit and shiver then. So obviously, as they get to the airport and they depart from the mace and they're not going to have further involvement, that's when they would start shiver. The Godel Shebabayas, theoretically, only starts shiver when he arrives, in, when they bury the mace in Eretz Israel. Now, what happens when he comes back? On the one hand, we're going to say that, um, um, on the one hand, the Godel Shebabayas is not with everyone else when they start mourning, so therefore he should count his own shiver. So even though he comes back to South Africa, to Johannesburg, two days later, he would have to start his shiva anew, even though they already started shiva, similar to what we've just said. Or maybe you could say, since the only reason he theoretically wasn't with them was because he was involved with the burial, it's not like he wasn't with them because he, he was out of town and he didn't hear about it, or he stayed a, a day's journey away, So and he, and he then came to visit and he realized that there had been a funeral, you know. His only reason that he wasn't with them was because he was involved with the funeral and he was involved with accompanying the mace to be buried. So maybe there, there's reason to go lenient um, and say that he can count with them. So that's the question. Let's see it inside. Top of Chof Beis Amur Aleph. says, What happens if the Godol Abayis accompanies the mace to the cemetery? I said, he's the one who takes it to Eretz Israel. So as we said, on the one hand... He's going to, they starting to mourn as soon as they depart, as soon as they leave the mace and say, okay, we've accompanied it as far as we're going, let's say to the airport. As soon as that happens, then, um, then they start mourning. Whereas he should really only starts mourning when he buries the dead. So does he, can he join with them or not? So he says, Toshma. The Omar Barabba, Omar Barabba says, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Afiru Hala Godal Habais, Godal Abais, Labais, Akforis, Moine Mohem. Even if the Godal Abais goes to the, to the cemetery, he's the one who accompanies the mace all the way to where it's going to be buried, he can count with them. Moine Mohem, you're telling me he counts with them for Hotanya, but we learned in Abraisa. Moine Laatma, he has to keep his own counting. So again, granted Rabbi Yochanan Paskin that. He can count with them, since the only reason he's actually not with them is because he accompanies the mace. Says, but the Bryce says, no, he has to count his own counting. Says, here's where he returns within three days, and here's where he does not return within three days. Right, so if he took the mace to Eretz Israel and then took the first flight back and he arrives when they're still within the first three days of when they started Shiva, I from when the mace was left, left to Eretz Israel, then he can join with him. But if by the time he gets back, the flights, he, he, let's say he gets the Motzei Shabbos flight and there's only the Wednesday flight back in or something, by the time he gets back, it's going to be after three days that they're sitting morning, and therefore he would have to keep his own count. And this is Kihara Amr Lehu, 
Rav Livnei Chatzulfani. This is like Rav said to the, the Tzulfani family, those who return from accompanying the mace within three days, they can count with you. And those who do not arrive with the mace have to count their own counting. The junior mourners are the, the junior mourners who were Mimokom Korev, who were in a day's journey and they only arrive. They rock up and realize that they, their families are mourning. If it's within the first three days, then they join with them. If it's afterwards, then they don't. Or it could be this Godel who's returning from the Beisach Forest, who's returning from the burial that took place out of town. Yeah. Another way that they explain this question, I don't want to go through the whole um, the whole discussion, um, the, the other way of learning the Gemara, I'm not going to go through it in detail, but just to say the question, because it's an interesting form of the question, um, this is how other Rishonim learn the Gemara. So what did we say? The question was, if the God of Shabbat leaves, I, he's not with them when they're starting their morning, but it's because he went to accompany the mace, then when he comes back, can he join with them, or does he have to start his own counting? That's how we learned the question. Um, another other Rishonim in the question as follows is no. Remember we said for someone to join with the mourners already there, someone who arrives a bit late to the morning, a relative who was a, within a day's journey but he only gets there within two days so he's allowed to start mourning with them if he's, if the God of bias is with them that's when he can join them for mourning if the God of bias is not there then he can't join with them mourning, he has to start his own count now, what happens if the God of Shabbat is not with them because he's gone to the burial? Now, it's not because he has some other excuse. He was out of town. He didn't hear about it. He's, uh, he's uh, you know, we, no one knows where he is, whatever the reason is. It's because he's gone to the burial. Is that sufficient that this person can now join with them? Okay, um, this other junior mourner could join with them, even though the God of Shabbat is not with them, since the only reason the God of Shabbat is not with them is because he's... Um, Elsewhere, because he's gone to bury the dead, the, de- the deceased relative. Okay, let's carry on. Omar lehu rava libnei mechuzah. Rava said to the bnei mechuzah, "Asun delo as lisa basar arisa. You who are not accompanying the coffin, michi mehadrisa apaychu mi baba davule. As soon as you turn your face back at the gates of the city, atchulu manu. That's when you begin to count your mourning." This is the halacha that the previous sugya was based on. But again, if, you ha- if you're taking the mace to another city, and but not all the relatives are going to accompany it. Not everyone can, well, if, um, if the funeral's in, going to be in Cape Town, or if they're taking the mace up to Eretz Yisrael. It seemed they also used to have that practice of taking the mace up to Eretz Yisrael. That's what uh, Rashi um, Rashi brings here. They used to often take the mace from Babel to bury in Eretz Yisrael. So he says, so not all the relatives would go. So those, they walk to the gates of the city, they leave it for the others who are going to transport it all the way to Eretz Yisrael and bury it there, and they turn around and they go back. There's an interesting question that they go into. I'm not going to go into the question, but I'll just raise the question. Um, one of the reasons behind this is that once they're finished their involvement with the mace, I, that's as much of the burial as that they're going to be involved with, is walking it to the airport or accompanying it to the airport, accompanying it to the city, the end, end of the city. But, and that's why they can start mourning then. What about nowadays where they're not going to be actively involved, 
but they're going to be involved with arrangements via telephone. Or they're going to want to find out information via telephone. They're going to know when's the funeral taking place, what time is it. You can even add nowadays they're going to be watching it over Zoom or live stream. You know, so they are to a degree going to be involved and they might even be actively involved with helping organize things. But they're left the mace to, with those who are taking it to where he's going to be buried and they've turned around. What would you say in that case? Would you say it's as if they're still involved and therefore they only start mourning from burial? Or would you say, like we've said now, no, they're not accompanying the mace anymore. It's as if they're out of the picture and therefore they start mourning. Okay, that's something to think about. Then let's go on. We quoted in the price. A relative, if he arrives within, within Shiva, he can count with them. I, we said the first opinion was he has to arrive within the first three days. Otherwise, he has to start his own count. Rabbi Shimon said even seven days. This is as long as he comes and there's still those who are consoling them. I remember on, on the seventh day, the mourners get up and stop Shiva. So what do we, So we said that this that Rabbi Shimon says, if he arrives on the seventh day, he can count as if he's mourning with them. I, he only keeps the seventh day. That's if they're still being consoled. I, it's like still Shachris. Remember, nowadays mourners generally get up shortly after Shachris. After Shachris, everyone comforts them and then they get up. So if he arrives within that time, then he can count it with them. It's as if he's kept mourning with them. But if he arrives after that time, he arrives uh, 11 a.m., 10 a.m., and there's no one consoling the mourners. They've already got up. Then it's too. Then he has to start his own counting. Boy, Rav Anan, Ninaru Lamod Velo Amdu Mahu. What's that look if they've like stirred themselves, they've moved themselves to get up, but they haven't literally gotten up from mourning? Do, is it as if they've stopped mourning because in their mind they're now not mourning anymore, they're getting up to stop mourning? Or they're actually still sitting, so it's as if they're mourning. Take when he leaves it unresolved. Okay, Gemiri. A friend of Rebbe Abba Barchia had a tradition from Rebbe Abba. Umanu, who is this friend, Rebbe Zaira? So another way of saying it is Rebbe Zaira had a tradition from his friend Rebbe Abba. Says for Omri Law, Chabre de Rebbe Zaira, me Rebbe Zaira, Umanu Rebbe Abba, Bray de Rebbe Chiabar Abba. And some say no, it is actually the friend of Rebbe Zaira. Who is Rabbi Chia Baraba had a tradition from Rabbi Zaira. But what was that tradition? The halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel regarding the halachas of Trefus. We'll see that what that is soon. And the halacha is like Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon regarding mourners. This that we said, the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon in mourning, is like we just said. I, as long as the relative who lived nearby arrived within Shiva, if he can count his Shiva with them. Unlike the Tanakama who said he has to arrive within three days. And Kerebishim and Gamliel betrayfus. What did he mean when he said that Allah was like Kerebishim and Gamliel betrayfus? So remember, what are trefus? Trefus are those injuries that make an animal, even if it's shechted correctly, it's still considered a trefus, it's still not kosher. So what's this halacha de Tanya, as we learned in Abraisa? If you have um, a hole in the intestines of the animal, that would generally make it a trefer. However, if mucus has blocked up the hole, Kesheira, Divrei Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says it's kosher. My lecha, what are we referring to when we say this, this mucus? is Omer of Kahanesika de Maya de Nofik Akav Dufka. It's this, uh, again, this liquid, this fat, this mucus, I don't know exactly what it is, that can come out of the intestines when they squeezed. So if that blocks up the hole, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says it's no longer a trefer. Says Omar Mandahu, 
He says, if only I had the schus to go up to Eretz Yisrael and hear this teaching from its master. I, that we can go lenient in these two halachas. I want to hear it straight from the, directly from the one who said the leniency. He says, when he went up to Eretz Yisrael, he found Rabbi Abba Breda, Rabbi Abba And Omale, he said, He says, did you say the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Gamil Betrayfus? I, that if this mucus is blocking the hole, it's as if it's not a treif anymore. Did you say that leniency? says, Omale, he says, no, for me. I didn't say that. I said the halach is not like Rabbi Shimon Gamil. Ah, you got one word wrong, but it's the key word. You thought the halacha was like, you heard that the halacha was like Rabbi Shimon Gamil. I said the halacha is not like Rabbi Shimon Gamil. So, okay, so fine. So that's not the halacha. So now, Rabbi Shimon Ba'avil, what's the halacha regarding Rabbi Shimon Ba'avil? So, Amalei, Plutsa Nino, Jeitmar, Rav Chizda, Omar, Halacha, Vechein, Omar, Rabbi Yochanan, Halacha. Rabbi Nachman, Omar, Ein Halacha. Yeah, Rav Chizda and Rabbi Yochanan say the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon, and Rav Nachman says the halacha is not like Rabbi Shimon. The Gemara concludes this discussion and says, Ve'ein halacha karash betrayfus. The halacha is not like Rabbi Shimon in Gamliel betrayfus. I, if you find a hole in their test dance, even if it was blocked up by this uh, sirka, uh, um, it's still a uh, treifa. And the halacha Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon Ba'evel, and the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon in the halachas of mourning. I, as long as this person arrives within seven, within the shiva, he can count with them. And to Omar Shmuel, halacha kedivra make ba'avil. As we've said a few times, Shmuel says regarding Hilchas Havelus, the halacha is always like the lenient opinion. Again, remember, bear in mind that when we say this, the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon in the lenient opinion, um, this is at least by, specifically by Malchloikes Tanoim. A machloikes from the period of the Mishnah. So that would be this machloikes Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon. They are to know him. If you have a machloikes Amoraim or later poskim, then it gets into a discussion whether we apply this rule. Okay, let's go on to the next point. We're now going to bring approximately 10 differences um, in regarding the halachas of mourning for one's parents versus other relatives. As we've mentioned before, there's, a, there's seven relatives one mourns for, at least Doraisa, and those are a mother, father, brother, unmarried or ne- never before married sister, son, daughter, and wife. There's a difference. We're now going to go into differences between mourning for one's parents versus mourning for another relative. So, Tonara Bonan, um, regarding all other relatives, it's praiseworthy to hurry up the funeral. But to hurry up the funeral, to hurry up to bury by your father or mother, that's actually degrading. Why? So the Numuka Yosef explains because by parents, someone has a lot of eulogies to say and they want to say a lot. And therefore, they to, to, to delay the funeral, to delay the actual burial is more praiseworthy because you're going to be giving more eulogies, you're going to be mourning them, so it's for their honor. Whereas by other people, where you don't have so much to say, to push off the burial is just making the mace lie around. So it's more respectful for the mace to bury them immediately. So as you can see how the uh, how the Namuka Yosef has explained it, it's largely along the lines of what will be more covered our mace, what will show more honor for the mace. Um, the Beis Yosef brings an interesting one. He says because um, bury, obviously with your parents you want to delay it, as we've said, to eulogize them more appropriately, to get a big crowd, etc. 
But regarding other relatives, why do you want to speed it up? Because you're showing that you've accepted Hashem's judgment and you're moving on. You're moving to bury them and you're getting on with things. Okay, so interesting point from the Beit Yosef. Um, I know I don't know if this is the correct place to mention this halacha, but I remember there was a certain uh, great person in South Africa who died, and they rushed to bury him because they felt to bury him as soon as possible was better. And my grandfather was actually, uh, my grandfather that's how was actually very very upset. He said they should have waited a day so that the news could spread, and then many many more people would have come to his funeral, and that would have been a greater kavod hamais. So you see, again, he looked at it again. What's going to be when when discussing delaying the funeral and stuff? One of the primary things is, are you delaying for a good reason? Are you delaying so that a relative can arrive from another country? Are you delaying it so that there could be more people at the at the funeral? So it would be more uh, more covered for the maze? Or are you delaying it just out of convenience? That would be problematic. Okay, hoya erev Shabbos or erev Yom Tov. If it was Erev Shabbos or Erev Yom Tov, or interesting, the Bach adds in, which was pouring with rain. So now this, it's all raining on the coffin. Even if he hurries, that's covered for his mother and father. In those scenarios, you might rather want to get the funeral done with. It's raining. It's the rain on the coffin is disrespectful to the maze. Um, if it's Erev Shabbos Yom Tov and you put delay, they might only get buried after Shabbos Yom Tov. So in those cases, the covet is to bury them quickly. Okay, let's go on to the next halacha. Al kol in the next difference. Al kol ha-meisim kulam rotsa mamayit ba-oskov. Rotsa mamayit. With all other meisim, if you want, you can limit... Uh, decrease the amount of business you do. If you don't want, you don't have to. I love if the imam might on your father and mother, you must decrease it. Now, there's an obvious question here. Didn't we say much earlier? You are not allowed to do malacha during shiva. So the one answer is that we're discussing shloishim. Are you allowed to do work during shloishim? So where, regarding other relatives, you should, you can choose how much you want work you want to do. But regarding your parents, you should definitely make a point of decreasing your work. Another answer, which is more subtle, but I think much is very insightful, is that when we said you're not allowed to do malacha, that's uh, more along the lines of manual labor. When we use the term isko, um, asset, that's more like business, transactional um, commerce. And that's, that's what we're talking about. So in Shiva, you shouldn't be working or you should limit it. Where it's your parents, you have to limit the amount of transactions you do. But um, with others, it wouldn't be such a problem. Um, and then a third answer is this is actually there where we say we're speaking about a Dovara Ovid. Remember, we learned that you're not allowed to do Malacha. But where it's a Dovara Ovid, you are allowed to. And here we're saying, even if it's a Dovara Ovid, you should still limit it. If it's your parents, you have to limit it. Uh, you're not allowed to basically go all out and save, do full, a full day's work. You have to limit it, even if you're going to lose a little bit. Um, whereas for other relatives, you can choose. I'll call it now a third uh, difference. Um, I'll call it Mesim. For all other relatives, kulam rotsu choilet, rotsu eno choilet, al ovival imo choilet. Other relatives, you don't have to bear your shoulder. For your parents, you have to bear your shoulder. Again, this was a practice of mourning that they had to pull their shirt or their what, their robe over their shoulder and bear it. Again, interesting question that the post can go into. Why have we stopped that? Okay, but then it says, Maase begodol, uh, incident regarding the saloha, Maase begodol ador echot shemais ovival wikish lachlots. 
There was a Godel Ador, a great sage of the generation whose father was Niftar, so he wanted to bear his shoulder. He saw that this other great sage who was going to bear their shoulder, their shoulder, shoulder, their shoulder with them in, um, in, uh, in sympathy with them, to, uh, oh, you're my good friend, your father died, I'll also bear my shoulder. So when he saw that his friend was going to do that, Nimna Velocholot, he didn't do that. He didn't bear his shoulder because he didn't want his friend, the other Godel, to be degraded by also bearing him his shoulder. So we see already this is not a, such a strong halacha. Now Omar Abai says, Godel Ador Rebi, Godel Ador Sheimo Rebi Yaakov The Godel Ador whose father died was Rebi. The Godel who was with him was Rebi Yaakov Baracha. So Rebi wanted to bear his shoulder because his father had died. And Rebi Acha said, Oh, if Rebi is going to bear his shoulder out of sympathy for my friend, I'm also going to bear my shoulder. And Rebi was like, Wait, Rebi Acha, you're going to, show to, you're going to degrade yourself? I'm not going to bear my shoulder. Some said it was the other way around. It was Rebi Acha Bar Yaakov's father who died. Oh, Bishlam Ramant Omar Godel Ador Sheimo Rebi Hanutanim Nevelocholat. It makes sense if you say that the Godel Ador was Rebi Yaakov and the one who was with him was Rebi. That's why he wanted to bear his shoulder. And once Rebi wanted to bear his shoulder, Rebi Yaakov, Rebi Yaakov was like, no, if Rebi's going to bear his shoulder, it's going to be degrading to Rebi. Therefore, I'm not going to bear my shoulder and Rebi won't. It says, however, the one who says that the friend was Rebi Yaakov, why would he not bear his shoulder? Rebi's father was Rebi Shimon Megamil the Nasi. And everyone must bear their shoulder. I, whether or not Rebbe was going to bear his shoulder for his father, Rav, Acha, Rav Yaakov Bar Acha had to bear his shoulder because his father, the father was Rabbi Shimon Gamliel the Nasi. So Kasha, okay, so that version is difficult to say that it was Rebbe's father. Okay, but let's carry on. Um, next uh, difference between parents and other relatives. On all other relatives, you um, can have a haircut after 30 days. For your mother and father, you have to wait till people shout at you that your hair is getting too long. Okay, that's difficult. How do you measure that? When do people shout? When's it? Uh, reasonable and then another interesting question is once people have shouted so let's say whatever you go four months into someone lost their parents and they've been mourning for four months and they haven't had a haircut and their friends tell them you know it's time to get a haircut so then they're allowed to get a haircut once they've had that haircut are they allowed to continue cut their hair whenever they want or do they have to wait another time for someone to come and say cut your hair you, you know you need a haircut so that's an interesting question. Um, a third difference. He says, For all other relatives, someone is allowed to go to a feast, a celebration, after 30 days, after Shloshim, but for his mother and father, he has to wait till after 12 months. This is regarding a social celebration. Basically, what it seems, they used to have um, I guess kind of like we do. You invite a few friends over, and then one of them for a for a suuda for Shabbos lunch, let's say, or for a for just a get together, a Sunday lunch bra, and then someone's going to reciprocate and have all the group of friends again, and then the next person will reciprocate and have the friends again. So this mourner 
If it's for other relatives, he can participate in one of these social celebrations after 30 days. But if it's for a parent, he would not be allowed to. But this is implying that it's for a Simchas Mareus, the social gathering. If it's for a real Simcha, a real celebration, then he wouldn't be allowed to. Even for other even for other relatives. Now, Meisivay, the Simcha Lamareus, Lamareus, Lamajom, you're saying for the social gathering, he can get together he can um, He only has to wait 30 days. You told me 12 months, but now you're saying 30 days. It's kasha. That's difficult. Okay, Ameymar Masni Hachi. Ameymar had the following version. You're allowed to go to one of these social gatherings immediately. But didn't we learn that whether it's for any celebration or even a social celebration, he has to wait for 30 days? For the end of Shloshim, he says, Loikasha, Hob Arisusa, Hob Puranusa. Here's where he's initiating the social event, and here's where he's reciprocating the social event. So you can't start it off by saying, You know what, I'm going to have all you guys over for a bra. But if they've already had him over for the bra, and now he has to reciprocate that, he would be allowed to do. He doesn't have to push it off. It's just, I think it's. Uh, yeah, let's carry on. Um, next difference between a uh, parent and other relatives, mourning for one's parents and other relatives, he says, For all other relatives, you just have to do Kriya of a Tefach, a fist length, but for your parents, you must do Kriya all the way down until it reaches you, the tear reaches your heart. Where do we see this in the Pesach? David grabbed hold of his clothes and he tore, he tore them. And you can't hold less than a Tefach. Remember, holding a Tefach is a fist. So if he's holding that much to tear, he's going to tear a fist. So that's where we see the minimum amount is a Tefach. I'll call him another halacha. Um, with all our lamesim, you only have to tear the outer garment. Even if he's wearing ten layers. For his father or mother, he must tear through all the layers. However, he doesn't have to tear his afkarisuso. What's afkarisuso? So some say that's his uh, kerchief. I think either like the turban and the part that hangs down. So since even though it could cover the tear, the if it's hanging down, like his scarf. He's wearing a scarf and his scarf might be hanging over the thing. He doesn't have to tear that. Or he doesn't have to worry that it's in the way. Even if it's covering it, we don't say it's as if he hasn't done Kriya. Another explanation is Afkarisuso is his undergarment, his vest. That that you're just wearing to, uh, I guess, uh, for a little bit of hygiene to absorb the sweat, whatever, that garment you don't have to tear. This Kriya applies to men and women. No, a woman must first tear the low, her, the undergarment, and the, not, not a vest, but the garment that's under, the underlayer, and turn it around, and then she tears the outer layer, the Kriya Elion, the upper layer. Again, because it's a matter of sneers. If a woman has a tear in her garment all the way through all her clothes, that's not so... Appropriate. That's why she should turn around. In Plaza, the Tanakama say there's no difference. Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah. Um, now the next difference between a p- 
parent and an, and other relatives, mourning for a parent and mourning for other relatives. Al kolam eisim kulam rotzom mavdil kamei safa shelo safa shelo rotzom eino mavdil. If he wants to split before the nekol, he can. If he doesn't, he doesn't have to. Al ovival imo mavdil, but for his father and mother, he has to separate it. The pshat I understood, there are a few different pshat, but I understood, is if you do kriya, remember their garments were along, the, imagine along the lines of a robe, so like a t-shirt. You could just theoretically do kriya on the garment halfway in, or a shirt. It's not going to be as visible a kriya. What it's saying, but for your parents, you have to tear from the collar, from the rim of the, from the neck, the, out of the neck hole of the garment, all the way down. So it has to be a proper rend. It can't just be kind of like a hole. It has to be torn from the start of the garment down. That's the, that's the salacha. The difference between a parent and other relatives is other relatives you can make it kind of like just a hole in the garment. But for your parents you have to tear from the top. It has to be more visible. Rabbi Yehuda says any kriya that does not start at the edge from the top of the garment is not a is only considered a nonsense kriya, a useless kriya, it doesn't count. On my Rebbe, Avo, my time in the Rebbe, what's the source for Rebbe Yehuda? You'll see as it's written, He took hold of his garment and he tore it into two tears. Once he told me that he tore his garment, don't I know he tore it into two? How else do you tear if not into two? If you're not splitting it. So what's the emphasis? It has to be clearly visible that it's torn into two. That's why you have to start from the top of the garment. You can't just start into the garment and do the kriya there because then it's not clearly into two. Okay, another difference. Um, what we have to the ninth difference between mourning for a relative and mourning for one's parents is for all other relatives you can I use the word tack but it means do a temporary stitch on this tear after shiva and you can stitch it up properly after shloishim so once for other relatives once shloishim has been you can repair the tear al oviv for his father and his mother, you can he can tack it up after shloshim, but he can never ever sew it up properly. That kriya in that garment has to remain forever. For once, if they're mourning for their parents. But a woman can stitch it up immediately because of her honor. It's not appropriate for a woman to walk around with such a tear in their garment. Kiasa Ravi in Omri Biochanan, Al Kola Mesim Rotso Korea Biyad, Rotso Korea Bakli, Al Ovival Ima Biyad. For all other Mesim, if a person wants, I guess this is the tenth, is this the tenth difference? For all other Mesim, a person can tear using a Kli, like a knife, or tearing with their hand. But for their parent, they have to use their hand. I think the post can bring that you can start it with a kli, because that can be very hard to start the tear, and then you tear the rest with your hand. But again, for one's parents, it has to be primarily by hand. For 
For one, for all other relatives, you can do the Korean private. But when one's doing Korea, tearing their garments for their parents, they should do it outside, i.e. in public. And Omar Abkhuzda v'chein l'nossi, so too when doing Korea for the nossi, it should be done in public. Again, this is an added sign of respect, so everyone can see that you're going through the morning for them. Wait, but later on we teach that the only time a Nasi is is the same as his father and his mother is is regarding Ichvoy, stitching it up. Oh, wait. Yeah, so the Mishnah over there is discussing someone's Rebbe. The, the Av Beisdin and the Nasi. So it's discussing three people. And it says, they're owed, the only time that they have the same Allah as parents is regarding stitching it up. It would seem you're never allowed to stitch it up. It says, my love, Afilu Nasi, that implies even the Nasi. The, the only time is equal to your parents is stitching it up. Now, again, Rav Chizda came along and said that when you're doing Kriya for the Nasi, it must be like your parents that you do it in public. But we see later on that the only thing that the Nasi, that the someone's, their Rebbe, the Av Beisdin and the Nasi have in common with the parents is that you can't sew it up. So he says, no, my love, uh, so he says, lo, lavami Nasi, it's saying except for the Nasi. Regarding one's Rebbe and the Av Beisdin, the only similarity is stitching up. But regarding the Nasi, he does Kriya in, he also does Kriya in public like he would for his parents. Nasi Shachiv, if the Nasi dies, Omelay of Kizdar Avchanin Bar Rava, Turn over the mortar and stand on it. And show everyone that you are doing Kriya. I do it very... He's saying get on a platform and do Kriya. I show the grief for the Nasi. Remember the Nasi was the head of the Sanhedrin. The, he was also the political leader. He was a descendant of David uh, HaMelech. So the Nasi was a very prestigious position. He was, I guess, the leader of the Jewish people in those days. And therefore... Get up on a platform and do kriya to show it. Let's do one. Molan al chokom choyles miyomim al av beizim ismol al nasim ikanimikan. Again, this halacha of bearing one's shoulder it says for the for a sage you just uncover your right shoulder. For the av beizim, which is a sage, is just a regular poisek. For the av beizim, the head of the beizim, your left shoulder. Remember, I think how they used to wear their robes across. It was a bigger. It was actually hung by the left shoulder. So if you uncover your left shoulder, it's a much bigger, clearer um, sign of mourning. And I'll nasi me kan me kan. But for the nasi, you must bear it on both sides. Okay, we'll leave it there for today and we'll continue with these halachas tomorrow.